0: What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts Podcast. Today, we're going to be breaking down the second and third year players that were drafted by the Indianapolis Colts, who we believe can be breakouts for the year twenty twenty one into twenty twenty two. We did this last year, and you guys really liked it. There's a big conversation piece, and we're here to do it again. And you can't see him, but. I have my buddy Andrew with me today. Cody's not able to, and a few other people are not here, but Andrew's going to do this with me today. Andrew, how are you doing, my man?
1: Well, I appreciate you having me on as always, Derek. Uh, And I'm doing pretty well.
0: How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's good to talk some more Colts football, man. And let's just get into these lists, man. We have our second year drafted players. Now, keep in mind, everybody, this is only for drafted players. This is not... Guys we picked up in free agency, traded middleweight through the season. That doesn't matter. It's only our draft picks that we're discussing here over the last two years that matter for this topic of conversation. So, I mean, basically, Andrew, we can get started here with talking about the first guy that was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts this last year, and that'll be Michael Pittman Jr. And me personally, I think this is one of my biggest guys to break out You know, I know he had a few games this last year where, you know, he was doing really well and showed that what he can do, but I think, you know, he still has yet to break out and be that perfect form of himself because we remember he was injured at the beginning part of the year, had the compartment leg syndrome, and then stated that he wasn't fully prepared and wasn't mentally ready for the game at that point early in the season but then said he started to get confidence in himself as he went along so for me personally here Andrew I think this is the first guy on this list that makes you think this guy is primed for a breakout if he stays healthy what do you think well
1: I 100% agree with you I think Michael Pittman Jr. is well on his way to being the Colts' not only their number one receiver, uh, in my opinion, but a potential star in the National Football League. And I've got his numbers here, Derek. The two or three games that stand out to me in the regular season are the November eighth matchup against Baltimore. Four catches, fifty-six yards. A lot of Michael's catches were screen passes. but certainly, you know. Uh, shows us what, what he was able to do when he got the ball in his hands rather quickly. And then he had a really nice game on that Thursday night in Tennessee, seven catches, 101 yards. And the one play that really stands out to me from that is the end around towards mid, third, early fourth quarter, where he just takes off for 20 or 30 yards. And I mean, for a guy his size, six four. The first thought that comes to my mind isn't really speed, but for somebody that that is as big as he is, uh, he moves rather quickly. And then the other game, just a couple weeks later, is the Green Bay game. Three catches, sixty-six yards, and a touchdown. And the Colts really, really love to utilize Pittman uh, last season, as it specifically relates to the crossing routes. And that was the play that he had scored on against Green Bay, it was the blown coverage I think by the Green Bay defense and Pittman again, uh, a quick pass into his hands and he he just does the rest and like I mentioned just a second ago for somebody his size he moves rather quickly but then the one game I think out of out of all the games that stands out to me uh, you know about Michael Pittman is the Buffalo game the playoff game five catches for 90 yards and he has certainly shown the the ability he certainly did in that game to go up and kind of get the 50 50 contested ball I was on that 32 yard catch in that game and I just I think overall Michael Pittman jr came into his own throughout the course of the end of the season. And I think that, uh, like I said, he's going to not only be the Colts' number one receiver, in my opinion, but a potential star as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. The Colts utilized him in the crossing game a lot. I think they need to continue to try to use him more in the red zone. I hope they continue to do that next year. These next two players, you know, I don't know. Andrew, you can tell me whether or not you think these guys are going to break out. I don't necessarily think they'll break out because I think they've already broken out. I think they've already shown us what they can do. They just need to put together a full season of it. You know, Julian Blackman and Jonathan Taylor. I mean, these two guys are, you know, just phenomenal players. You know, Julian Blackman right out the gate came out and did what he did, you know, only allowed 137 passing yards when being targeted by somebody. I mean, this guy was a stud, had multiple turnovers, and Jonathan Taylor, you saw when you know the middle of the season came around and he started gaining understanding of the quickness of the game, it, there was no stopping him. I mean, Derrick Henry was the only running back better than him in the last five weeks of the NFL season. There was no question about it. So I don't really think that these two will really break out because I feel that they've already broken out you can feel free to tell me whether or not you agree or disagree on that here. But also I wanted to talk about our fourth round pick from last year. And that was Jacob Eason. You know, a lot of talk about who is going to be the quarterback of the future. You know, Cody and I have been pretty adamant that the Colts are probably going to draft somebody or, you know, pick somebody up in free agency. I'm not sure, but Jacob Eason sounding pretty confident and his ability to come in and be that number one guy. I mean, what's your opinion on Jacob Eason in this quarterback situation that the Colts have?
1: Well, for starters, Derek, I agree that that Jonathan Taylor and Julian Blackman have already broken out. We know the the kind of impact Taylor had, especially during the back half of this past season. Uh, Same goes for Julian Blackman, but maybe towards the first half of the season, I don't think he was... As good in the back half as he was in the first half of the season, that's just my personal opinion. Nonetheless, I think they both are stars in the making. And once again, it just shows in my opinion why I think Chris Ballard and I think many others think he is regarded as one of, if not the best general manager in the NFL. But as far as Jacob Eason is concerned, I'm just going to kind of refer back to what Chris Ballard said just a few few short weeks ago, and that's that the – Colts really think that he's about a year away from being able to compete for that starting role. There's a lot of eagerness for fans to be able to see Jacob Easton. You know, you invested a fourth round pick, which isn't too high, but you invested a decent pick in Easton. Why is he not on the field more? Obviously with this past NFL season being a little bit different, no preseason because of COVID and everything, you know, I'm not sure if that'll impact this season or not. We hope not. However, he is, according to several Colts reporters, Going to be working with Tom House, the uh, quarterback guru, the same individual who worked with Andrew Luck back when he was with the Colts franchise. And so, I don't really think Eason has an opportunity to break out because I don't see him being the starter. I am agreeing with you and Cody, and I think the Colts are either going to draft a quarterback or they're going to trade for a veteran like Derek Carr, maybe even Carson Wentz. So, to me, I just I see Eason as playing the backup role for maybe another season or two, and then if the Colts still don't have an answer at quarterback we may be able to see what what the gunslinger has.
0: Totally get that, man. Yeah, totally get that. I think that, you know, that's an argument that a lot of people just ignored. I think a lot of people just ignored that from Ballard. You know, him saying that they still think that he's a year away. Ballard never turned down the idea of Eason being the number one guy. They're obviously going to let him battle it out in the offseason, but whoever they decide to potentially get in This offseason, I still think it's probably going to be the number one option over Eason, but we'll have to find out. So we're looking at the rest of the second year players that we drafted. Danny Pinter, great backup offensive lineman for us. Had some decent action this year. Played a couple different positions. I wouldn't necessarily say he's a breakout guy because I don't think he's going to get put anywhere on the offensive line. I think everybody's staying right where they are for right now. And then, you know, Robert Windsor, defensive tackle from Penn State that we got in the sixth round. I liked that pick. I thought he was going to, you know, make the team and potentially be a guy that was going to be a surprise add-on to the roster. Just, you know, Windsor didn't get much of a chance. And then out of these last three guys here, Isaiah Rogers, Desmond Patman, and Jordan Glasgow. So Jordan Glasgow, I don't necessarily think is going to break out or anything here. Because, you know, we know him mainly as the special teams guy. He's been really good for us, has made a couple good plays. So I like that about him. But the two last ones we'll talk about here is Desmond Patman and Isaiah Rogers. Because Patman has been a healthy scratch for the majority of this year. A lot of people wonder, why is Patman not getting a chance? So do you think there's actually a chance that Patman can join this roster and actually improve? And for Isaiah Rogers. I mean, this guy was you know, one of the best returners in football this last year and had to step in at corner in Buffalo when we were shorthanded and really stepped up and played really well. And I think that showed that Isaiah Rogers can potentially be a corner that Chris Ballard and this team can rely on going forward. So what's your opinion on these two guys breaking out in this next season? Because I think Isaiah Rogers is going to break out even more, but I'm not so sure about Desmond Patman.
1: I'll say this, Derek. I think that Desmond Patton is a solid football player, and we obviously didn't see much from him given the uh, amount of depth that the Colts had this year at wide receiver compared to years past. Now, with Patman, I, I was a little bit surprised when Michael Pittman went down early in the season uh, that they didn't bring in Patman just because he has a similar size to Pittman. Now, the argument, I think, or the counter-argument that can be made for that is, well, maybe he doesn't have the same exact skill set as Pittman. Maybe he's not as fast, but we'll never know because it didn't happen. Uh, so I'm not sure if if he's going to be able to make the team with Paris Campbell coming back and he's going to be healthy. You look at Pittman, you know, you look at if the team brings back T.Y. Hilton, Zach Paschal, I, I just, and, and Ashton Doolin, I think is another guy that Frank Reich really, really liked. And I, so I sort of just see Patman kind of staying, no pun intended, staying Pat where he's at now. But Isaiah Rogers is interesting because you mentioned the Buffalo game. Almost had that interception at the end of the second half that I think would have really, really changed things because then Buffalo obviously went in and scored a touchdown. But and obviously the ball hit the ground. It's still a crazy athletic play by Rogers, and we saw what he could do in the kick return uh, and punt return game, You know, especially against Cleveland when the Colts were down, I think, 14 points, and he returned that kickoff 100-plus yards. And it really got the Colts back in that game. But from a, from a pure corner standpoint, I think he has a really good chance because I, I sort of look at it from this point, Derek. We don't really know what the Colts are do, planning to do with Xavier Rhodes, uh, whether or not they're going to bring him back. Marvell Tell sat out uh, all of this last year. He opted out, I should say. And, you know, he hasn't really played football in a year. So what does he look like? Is he rusty coming off of a year of rest? Or, you know, what, what does that look like? And then you have... Kenny Moore, who's more of your your slot nickel. And then you have uh, Rocky Asin, who is the other outside corner. And I think with Rocky Asin's sort of up and down play, for lack of better words, I think Isaiah Rogers has a chance to maybe compete for your sin spot. Uh, believe it or not, this may sound a little bold, but I like what I saw from him in the playoff game against Buffalo and towards the end of the season. And I think that uh, given the, I don't want to say concern, but with just given the, the 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 lack of I don't want to say awareness it's not the right word either we're not really sure what the Colts are going to do at cornerback or, or what they're going to do in in terms of like I said bringing Rhodes back you sin's kind of up and down I just I just I don't cornerback is is a little bit of a concern for me I guess especially if if Rhodes leaves and I just I think that Rodgers performed well and like I said I think he has a chance to to potentially take you spot.
0: All right. Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew's saying that uh, Rogers has a chance to come for that spot for you, Sin. So you all heard it here first. If Rogers ends up stealing the spot, then Andrew's the one that gets all the credit for that one. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for the second year players there. Let us know what you guys think there. But now let's move to the third year players. And there's a bunch of conversation that we can have here. And that would be the first three guys that you know, we drafted in this draft and there's still a lot of question marks for all three of these guys. So we'll start with the first one. You're just talking about him a lot is Rocky Asin. So obviously Rocky Sin first year in the league, you know, it was Rocky to say the least in the start, but at the end of his first year, he was playing really well. And we thought, oh, you know, this is going to be, you know, an, an opportunity for him to advance. And then last year, didn't have a great year, that's for certain. You know, I, I think that a lot of the of the fan relations with this is way too dramatic. I think Rocky is an average corner right now, but you know, he's getting exposed when a lot of other people know that Xavier Rhodes and TJ Carey they're better corners right now than Rocky And Rocky going into his third year, you know, he wants to prove he still got it. So what do you think, Andrew? Is he a breakout player? Because for me personally, I don't know how much he's going to actually improve. I think he can improve, but I don't know if it's to a breakout level, though.
1: Now, as far as Yusin is concerned, I know you just you all heard just a few minutes ago me um, say that I think that Isaiah Rogers has a chance to take Yusin's spot. And I'll put it to you this way, Derek. I think for Rocky Sensei, sake, he better break out because Ooh. I think Chris Ballard, he's preached for the last three or four years that it takes time for these players to develop. So it's only fair to give Yusin a reasonable amount of time to sort of come into his own. Now, that being said, if he has back-to-back seasons where he sort of plays below average, given where the Colts roster is as a whole and given the ability of where we think this team can go, then I, I don't know if Chris Ballard will have the, the necessary patience to hold on to Yusin, even though he was a second-round pick and And, you know, they had high hopes for him. And like I said, Chris Ballard has preached, you know, these players take time to develop. If the Colts are in win-now mode and Ballard sees you sin as, you know, a weak link, for lack of better words, and he feels like he can upgrade or improve that particular spot, then he's going to, I, I would think. So, like I said, I think for Rock's sake, I think he's a good player, not a great player. And I think that he has a chance, or he should, you know, really. Well, I will say this the Colts have a new defensive backs coach. Jonathan Gannon is no longer a part of the team. And it'll be interesting to see if, if he can sort of bring out the best in you and not just you but all the other Colts cornerbacks, you know, and it's not to say that Gannon didn't bring out the best in you but it's just, it's a really tricky situation because we, we saw flashes of, of what you could potentially be in training camp, or I should say Colts reporters did. And like you said, his first year, he was okay. His second year, not so much. I just, I think it's important for him to continue to improve, and like I said, for his cycle, let's hope he breaks out this next year. Because, like I said, given the state of the Colts roster, I'm not sure how much how much time the Colts are going to, you know, put towards letting him develop. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's a situation where it's going to be a three or four year project or a three or four year deal. It's going to be you either you know come into your own and help our defense, or you know we maybe move on from you, or you get demoted. So. That's sort of how I look at
0: it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. All right. We move to the healthy scratch of Ben Banigu, And a lot of people were wondering, you know, we thought he was going to break out last year. And um, Most of last year, we didn't get to see him. And um, Iberflos said that it's not how you play during the game. It's how you practice. So meaning to say that, you know, Banigu wasn't performing in practice the way that they wanted him to. And, you know, he just ultimately didn't get play time because of it kind of brings you back to a uh, Tyquan Lewis situation from two years ago. What do you think? Does Ben Banigou do the same thing that Tyquan Lewis does, you know, just has a breakout in training camp and then regains his status as a role player on the edge?
1: Well, you read my mind, Derek. That's the first thing I thought of when you mentioned Ben Banigou is that Tyquan Lewis situation just a year ago where, you know, Again, similar to you saying in some of these other players, we saw flashes of what they could potentially be in training camp during practice. They did not show that while they were on the field. And so Chris Ballard, as a result, and others, basically said, we're going to give this role to somebody else for the time being so you can show that you know, you're know you ready. Um, and that's I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly what they said. But that's essentially what happened with Van Banigou, who oftentimes showed up on the injury report uh, as a healthy scratch, which shows that he needed to improve. And I believe Chris Ballard said, at the end of the season press conference that Banigou did need to improve and he did need to step up and, and and play better. And he did the same thing with Taequann Lewis and then look what happened this season. He played fairly well. And so maybe that's what Banigou needed was sort of evaluate where he's at as a player from a production standpoint. And I think that uh, that could potentially help him going into this season. Now, as far as breaking out, I hope so because I think the, the Colts' number one concern aside from the quarterback is edge rush. The interior rush was fantastic to Forrest Buckner, Grover Stewart, A plus. The edge rush with Justin Houston and Kamoko Ture and Aquadim Muhammad and others. Uh I'd give it maybe a C to a C minus. It wasn't great. For goose sake, I think that uh we need him to step up because you know, you're playing quarterbacks for now anyway, like Deshaun Watson. Trevor Lawrence is probably gonna be the number one pick. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is mobile and can move, and he's put up top five quarterback numbers since uh, being named the starter in Tennessee. So for the Colts' sake, you have the interior rush figured out. Now you just need to figure out that edge rush, and if Ben Manning can step up, that would certainly help.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. All right, another player in the second round that we drafted, and that is Paris Campbell. So a lot of people have told us that They just don't want anything to do with Campbell anymore. They continue to say he's injury prone, even though that can't be further from the truth. He was plagued with a bunch of injuries because his body just wasn't ready. And it was just some bad luck. And then he even got even worse luck this last year when, you know, he got his knee smashed in from an unfortunate angle. I mean, there's really nothing you could do about that. So, Me personally here, Andrew, if this guy stays healthy, and I've met him, I've met him, he's really cool, signed the uh, poster behind me, I love this guy, I'm really ready to say he's going to break out. I I swear to you, as long as he doesn't get his knee smashed in by somebody, then this guy really does have what it takes to be able to put up some drastic numbers and make those big plays that the Colts are really looking for in that passing game, whichever quarterback they have. Paris Campbell, I think, is ready to break out and show why he was drafted at this point.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and I don't know if anybody else has brought up this comparison. And they play two different sides of the football. One plays defense, and Paris Campbell obviously plays offense. But his first three seasons, to a degree, reminds me a lot of Bob Sanders. You know, Bob Sanders, and by no means, you know, am I comparing Campbell to Bob Sanders from a standpoint of, you know, potential Hall of Fame-type player. Right. Now, that's not to say that Campbell can't, maybe become that but it's obviously he's not off to a good start it's really really unfortunate because I mean Derek you're an Ohio State fan you got you got to watch this guy up you know up close and personal I'm sure you you can attest to this more than maybe I could because I didn't really know much about him until he was drafted to the Colts anyway But he's explosive. He's explosive. Uh, And I'm not ready. I've seen some fans and, and others say that, you know, well, this is just another Philip Dorsett situation just because they happen to wear the same jersey number, which, in my opinion, has absolutely no bearing or relevance to Campbell's situation. Like you said, that hit he took to the knee, there's nothing you can do about that. Unfortunately, football is a contact sport. He just can't stay healthy. I can't remember what the kind of numbers he had in that week one matchup versus Jacksonville, but I know he had several catches. He had a big catch. If I remember correctly, it was, uh, I believe
0: it was seven catches for 71 yards, I believe was the numbers there.
1: I I mean, if you, I mean, just looking at those numbers, I mean, you, you see the kind of production that he has. And, you know, let's just take a little bit of a flashback here for a second. Back when the Colts drafted him, do you remember the YouTube videos that the Colts did? The I forget the, the actual name uh-huh. of the videos, but they gave the fans an inside look at their draft room. And when Chris Ballard called Paris Campbell and hung up the phone after they, you know, they talked and everything, and Frank Reich, I mean, he was just glowing with excitement because uh, yeah. he was he knew the potential that Paris Campbell had and what he could potentially bring to this Colts offense. And if he can stay healthy, I mean, I think he's he's not just a jet sweep gadget type of player he is a guy that can run routes really really well i think he's he has matured in that regard with his ability to run routes he's got really solid hands and he's fast enough to get behind you and if you don't know where he is on the field you better find him because if not and you'll be one-on-one you might get burnt so yeah
0: it's <laughs> if, not a question if you might you will get burnt
1: <laughs> yeah if if he can stay healthy Derek. i mean i just I mean, especially look at this from this perspective, too. What if the Colts don't bring back T.Y. Hilton? T.Y. Right. Hilton, not that he's just a purely a speed guy. Clearly, I think T.Y. Hilton is one of the better route runners in the NFL. And, mm-hmm. and so I think if T.Y. Hilton doesn't end up coming back and Paris Campbell can stay healthy, maybe he steps into that role. He steps into that role as a guy that has matured, like I said earlier, with his route tree. And not only that, but he's you know like a T.Y. Hilton. He can take the top off of the defense. So, you know, Or if T.Y. Hilton comes back, imagine T.Y. on one side and Campbell on the other, or T.Y. on one side or Campbell in the slot. I mean, there's so much potential for Paris Campbell. He just has to stay healthy. And I guess let me get to my point here. I think if he stays healthy, given even just the one game that we saw in Jacksonville last season, I think he has a chance to break out. I really do. I, I love Paris Campbell. I love his ability. I love his, his explosiveness. Um, and I love what he brings to the team. And I think that, like I said, he has a chance to to really become uh, a potential star for this Colts offense.
0: totally agree. All right, we'll skip Bobby Okoriki and Kari Willis here because we've already seen what these two guys have brought to this team and we know what they're capable of. But let's talk here about this other guy. And round five pick in the 2019 draft, and that was Marvell Tell. Now, obviously, Marvell Tell opted out of last season given that option. And he decided he was one of the few Colts players who actually opted out. And, you know, he was, he was missed for a couple games. You know, we really could have used Marvel tell because the last six games, Marvel tell really started coming into his own late there in the, in the end. And, you know, a guy that's mainly been a safety for a lot of his career came in and really started playing very well at corner and Marvel tell with that length and that speed, you know, in, in the zone scheme, knowing of how to play that. Marvell Tell is a guy that I, you talked about him earlier, Staying whether or not is he going to be rusty when he comes back because he's been a year off, you know, is he kept in shape? What's he, what's that's going to be like for him? And, you know, if he ultimately decides to come back this next year, I would assume he would. So, you know, I think Marvell Tell is another guy that, you know, I think really can show out, you know, i mean it may be tough for him at first because he missed that whole year of football, but give him some time. I think this guy really can break out and start showing you. He can be a potentially a number two corner. If all things fall into play.
1: Oh yeah. I agree with you. I, I liked what I saw from Marvell tell when he was a rookie. Now, of course, we'll have to go back two years. Cause obviously, as you said, he opted out of the 2020 season. So, There was one play that that really stood out from the season before, and it was the game against Pittsburgh. I think the Colts were down 7 or 14, and I can't remember which player it was, maybe James Washington for the Steelers. But Marville Tell just comes up uh, off of like a slant or drag route or maybe a shallow cross, and he just puts his helmet on the ball and pops it out of the the receiver's chest. And the, the Colts end up obviously recovering, and it's a big momentum swing. I say that to say this. I, I sometimes, Derek, I think there are players that you just see one or two plays and you think, oh, okay, yeah, that player has potential. You know, Darius Leonard in that training camp when he's a rookie and he picked off Andrew Luck. Julian Blackman in the game against Chicago. Kari Willis uh, in the game against the Minnesota Vikings. You know, sometimes, like I said, it just takes that one, maybe two plays from a player just to get that mind ro- that that thought rolling rather of, you know, okay, you know, does this player have something, you know, unique or special? And I think that one play against Pittsburgh that Tell made, I think, says a lot about his potential. And you and I had mentioned, you know, the potential rust coming back from, you know, obviously not playing. What's that potentially going to look like? You know, obviously, if, if there's turns out to be a, another season that, that deals with COVID, does he come back or does he stay out again for a second season or other? There's a lot of unknowns at the moment, but let's just operate under the assumption that he's going to come back. It'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. I mean, I just, I think it's something to monitor. Like I said, I like the transition from safety to corner. I think he's got potential. I'm not ready to say that he's going to break out yet just because of him sitting out all this past season, but we'll see how things go. And like I said, it will certainly be something to keep our eye on moving forward.
0: EJ Speed, another guy that I thought, you know, if the time is right, I think EJ Speed can fill into that role really well, but I just don't know when that's actually going to happen, if that's ever going to happen.
1: You know, EJ Speed is a player that I really liked maybe a season or two ago, but given how well Chris Ballard drafts at linebacker, I just can't, I can't see him overtaking Okereke or Darius Leonard at all whatsoever, in my opinion.
0: You guys heard it here first. This is Andrew and I talking about the second and third year players and who we think will break out or has already broken out for this Indianapolis team heading into 2021. Let us know what you think, guys. Who do you think is going to break out? Is there somebody that we didn't mention that you think we should? And keep in mind, it's just the draft class. It's not the people that we brought in. want to say thank you to Andrew so much for coming on and doing this with me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. <laughs>